Hey everyone, Robert here, writer and producer of Atlas Avenue Beat. We here at Seven Lamb have a new audio drama series that we're releasing called Tower 4. The series is a mystery thriller and follows a fire watcher as he uncovers some secrets in the Wyoming woods. If you want to check it out, you can go to sevenlamb.com or search for Tower 4 wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to play a small clip at the end of this episode of Atlas, so stick around after the credits if you want to listen to it. Thanks, and enjoy the next episode of Atlas Avenue Beat. Seven Lamb Productions presents... Atlas Avenue Beat. Case 3, The Gold Hawk. Part 7. Whale Watchers. I couldn't believe that Lorne had lied to me for the entire duration of our relationship. We were married for years and it turned out the strain on our relationship was never based on the fact that she was cheating. My world was completely flipped upside down. My stomach turned, my head hurt, and for some reason my nipples were extraordinarily hard. I find it weird that you have a microwave. I thought you were against them. What do you mean? A microwave is a piece of technology. Invented in 1945. But it wasn't popularized in homes until the 60s. Well, now you're nitpicking. This coming from the guy who won't cave and buy a cell phone. I have standards. You know, you don't have to trap yourself in the 40s. I don't feel trapped. Whatever. You always have to be right, don't you? I don't have to be right. I just am. Why are you doing this to me? This is the most important case we have ever had. We cannot let Smush get away with this. I need your help, James. So you had to come back into my life? I was finally over you. No, you weren't. It's been years and you're still calling me a she-devil. Yeah, you are the she-devil. Oh, really? Why? You come into my life and just start making friends with all my friends like you care? That makes no sense. You're mad because I'm nice? Yes. You're being childish. No, I'm not. You definitely are. You're acting like I- Nah, 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 not listening. I stuck my fingers in my ears and stuck out my tongue. Maybe I was being a bit childish, but she was being a stupid dummy face. You're an idiot. This isn't about us. Although, I'll admit, it was nice seeing you again. Uh, Don't do that. What? You know what. Can we just be grown-ups? I am a grown-up. I pay taxes, and last week, I put a dresser together. By yourself? Yes. Really? Okay, no, Paul helped me, but I did all the heavy lifting. That's what I thought. I shook my head and walked to the kitchen. Lauren followed me. She stopped at the counter and sat. What's that? I followed her gaze. She noticed the tape recorder Jane had given me as a gift. It sat on top of a stack of mail. You're using a tape recorder? No, it was a gift. From who? Just a girl I was dating. Oh, you mean the girl with the penis you were having sex with. What? I forgot he'd have told her about that. Tape recorders and microwaves. The tape recorder came out before the 40s. Uh, not that one. It's from Radio Shack. R.I.P. They're not gone. Yet. Hmm. You've changed. Ha! So have you. I grabbed the tape recorder and shoved it into the top drawer of the counter. I caught a glimpse of Angela's letter from season one. I guess this should be where I save all my past sentimental items. Funny. 
I never saved anything. That reminded me of the She-Devil. In fact, the only thing reminding me of the She-Devil was the vase in the museum, and I wanted to smash that. James, we need to talk about this case. Can we do it later? My food's getting cold. <sighs> Screw your TV dinner. I'm hungry. Let's go out. It's on me. I'm not going to that expensive fast food restaurant again. Fine. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Arby's. Gordon didn't want Arby's, so he ended up going to a small diner on the east side of the Upper West Side. Actually, I guess that makes it the Northwest Side, but it's not as far up, it's more southern. So it was on the southern part of the Upper West Side, but on the east side of the northwestern side of the city. Ugh. Directions hurt my head, that's why I never followed them. Well, that because I'm a fucking man! What are you doing? What do you mean? I don't know. You're just staring at me, and you have a vein sticking out of your head, like you're thinking really hard. I was thinking about directions. Oh. So, this case. Right. The reason I'm here is because Simon mentioned that they were looking into your file, ever since you solved some Matt Bomber case. They first expected the gold hawk to be stolen for its gold, maybe by a couple of kids who didn't know the thing was hollow. But when it was found out to be smush, it became way more important to retrieve it. Simon realized who you were and contacted me. So then, who's Donald? A person they set me up with. He's a beard. He looked clean-shaven to me. Not what I mean. He's a cover, like you. She trailed off. Like me? No. You just said... <sighs> yes. At first, you... <sighs> you were. But then my feelings changed and I... I knew I wanted to be with you. Do you even remember how we met? Of course I do. I remember it as if it were yesterday. It was six years ago, summer in Lake Wachepta, California. I was working at the skate shop on Pier 42 when you were the new dog walker for Miss McAllister on Gerald Road. You came into the skate shop with all those Pomeranians and asked if I had a pooper scooper. I said no when you left. You gave a quick smirk as you walked out, then I realized that I had plastic bags that were perfect for dog shit, and I ran outside to let you know, but you were gone. I went back inside and put the bags away. Two hours later, you were back, but this time you were dogless. You said you were going out for lunch and wanted to know if I wanted to join you, so... I closed the shop up for an hour and we ate at Quint's Crab Shack. I got the flaming oysters and you got steak. I'm not sure why you got the oysters. I, I love shucking things. Is that a polite euphemism? I think it's more of an innuendo. For fucking? Yes. Right... I'm just surprised you got those oysters because they came from the lake. That's not natural. Lake what you up to oysters are just as good as ocean oysters. Then why did you spend the whole night throwing up? I think it was just because I drank my orange juice so fast. Uh, yeah. That's another thing. Why did you order orange juice with oysters? I heard it was a great combo. I find that hard to believe. And I find it hard to believe that there's a man that flies all around the world on December 25th handing presents to good little kids. That's because it is hard to believe. What do you mean? 
You do know Santa isn't real. What the fuck did you just say? You know, it was odd seeing a man in his early 30s working at a skate shop. You were a dog walker and that skate shop job was just temporary. I know, but you couldn't even ollie. But I could grind. Picking up a skateboard with your hands and sliding it along a horizontal pole is not grinding. Well, when I tried doing it while riding the skateboard, I just fell off. That's my point. Thinking back now, it's upsetting that you didn't really like me. But I did. I was your beard. Momentarily. I needed a quick cover, and I saw the way you looked at me. I fell in love quickly. You know that. Everything changed when we decided to move to Rodega Bay. It was beautiful there. That year in Rodega Bay was the best year of my life. I remember it as if it were yesterday. I remember finding the perfect little beach house. You quit the skate shop and returned to law enforcement. I had to push you into that. Things were really falling into place. We were just so happy. We used to traverse up and down the beach at night. Those nights were so romantic. Under all those stars. I knew the first week we moved to Rodega that you were the man for me. And I knew you were my one true love. Why do you think we moved to that beach house? You love the water. I know. And I know that's why you proposed to me on that wheel-watching tour. I wanted it to be special. I couldn't believe you did that. I, I remember, remember it as if it, as if it, it were, were yesterday. yesterday. Oh, Sorry, did you, I... did, did you want to reminisce this time? No, 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 you go. You sure? We could try reminiscing together. <laughs> now nah, that's too much voiceover. You just go. Okay. <clears throat> The day you proposed, I remember it as if it were yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, we should be closing in on the pod of humpbacks very shortly. We were on a Norm Polar's wild whale-watching tour. He took us out so far we couldn't see the land. There weren't a lot of people on the tour, but that's probably because it wasn't the nicest of days. It took a few hours, but when we finally did see that pod of whales, I remember being so excited. You pointed to a lone whale just as he breached. The splash washed over us. He was so close. And when he went under, and I turned around, there you were, on your knees. Well, that splash knocked me over and I was getting back up. And I helped you up. Then I realized that I actually wanted to be on my knees, one of them, because that was the time I wanted to propose. So you got back down. My eyes became watery. Because of the whale splash? No. I knew what you were going to ask. I was trying to fight back tears. You made me so happy. Everyone on the boat clapped, and even a couple of the whales were slapping fins. I sipped my coffee as Laura and I stared at each other. We locked eyes. Couldn't look away. I missed her so much. A few minutes passed where we didn't speak. Then she slowly reached out her hand and put it on mine. She smiled. I smiled. I couldn't help but see my boner raging through my pants. Hey! I have an idea. Let's go whale watching. Right now. Uh, what? Where? Here. I've always wanted to go. They have a whale watching tour on Gander Lake. There are whales in Gander Lake? Only one. Two years ago, one of the tanks at Kenneth Heights Aquarium sprung a leak and the killer whale escaped. Been living on the lake ever since. But it's not salt water. Aquarium employees could never catch the thing, so the city officials decided to hire someone to dump some salt in the lake every few days. It has to be a lot of salt. Not really. I've seen the guy do it. He kind of just follows a whale around in a canoe, sprinkling sea salt from a shaker onto its back. 
But because the whale became so popular, they opened up the whale watching tour on the lake. Let's go! It's late. It's dark out. And it's probably going to snow soon. That's okay. The lake isn't frozen over and killer whales are nocturnal. Really? Well, this one is. It was a gleam in her eye. She nodded. Okay. Let's go. We arrived at McDitton's Wiry Whale Watching Tour around 8.45. The next tour was getting ready to set sail, even though it wasn't a sailboat. Hello! Welcome to McDinton's Wiry Whale Watching Tour. Hello. Two, please. Two what? Uh, tickets. Oh, shit. Yeah. Would you like the premier tickets or the cheap ass tickets? Is that really what they're called? As secret, just between me, you, and the girl you're with... The reason we call them cheap ass tickets is because it's a marketing ploy to get people to spend more money on the premier tickets. You know, so we make more money. Why are you telling me this? Because I want to be your best friend. Oh, um, well, that's probably not going to happen. I need friends. I'm sorry. Awkward. Won't you be my friend? Maybe later. Can I just get some tickets? Sure. Which ones? What's the difference? The cheap as tickets are $24 and offer the regular tour. You will see one whale and it usually lasts about an hour. And the premier tickets? They cost $36. It's a regular tour, plus a late night snack and your very own salt shaker for the whale. We get to dump salt on the whale? Yeah, it's fun. Okay, well, we'll do the premier tickets. Oh, I forgot to mention, we actually have another ticket known as the extravagant ticket. And what does that entail? It's the same price and offers the same things as the premier ticket, but you also get to be my best friend. Well, we'll just stick with the premier tickets. But the extravagant tickets don't cost anything extra. Still, I uh, don't know anything about you. My name's Holly Frontpitch, and I'm scared of dying alone. Yikes. We stood in awkward silence for a long time before Holly Frontpatch finally sold us the premiere tickets, but not before waving extravagant tickets in front of our faces and humming wars, why can't we be friends? Here you go. Are you excited for this? I'm more excited to get away from that ticket girl. We climbed the stairs of the dock where ten people in flannel and Hawaiian shirts stood with cameras and sunblock on their noses. Even though the sun was not out, it was freezing. A large pontoon boat pulled up to the dock. A crusty old man in a fisherman's coat shambled off. He had a hook for a hand and a peg for a leg. Hello, and welcome to McDinton's Wiry Whale Watching Tour. My name is McCready McDinton, and I'll be your guide for the night. There's a few rules we need to go over. One, stay on the boat. If you fall off, 
drown yourself, because we will not come back to get ye. True, you're allowed to take pictures, but I have to be in every single one of them. Three, if you see a seagull, let me know. Because I'm hungry. Four, whales aren't fish. That's a rule? Five, if you have to use the restroom, it has to be number two. Six, no talking when we approach the whale, unless you're talking about whales. Then it's okay. Seven, no feeding the wildlife. Unless you really want to. How many rules are there? McDinton's list went on for quite a while. Rule 64. Don't be a pompous asshole. And finally, 65. Appreciate life, because that shit goes by fast. I feel like I may keel over any time now. And that does it for the rules. Any questions? No? Good. Climb aboard. Everyone climbed onto the rickety boat. Oh, and one more thing. If you bought Holly's extravagant tickets, you were scammed. You don't really have to be her friend. She's fucking weird. cruised at a slow speed over the cold, calm water. No whale in sight, but it didn't matter. It wasn't about the whale. Lauren and I stood at the bow of the ship, holding hands. Again, didn't speak, just looked into each other's eyes. There was still something there, and I knew she felt it too. I pulled her closer and moved in for a kiss. Was this right? Should I? I should. And she accepted me. We kissed passionately. It was amazing, aside from the fact that I was pretty sure I could see McDinton masturbating to us as he steered the boat. I ignored him and closed my eyes, and we continued to kiss. closer to the breach of the whale. Ah, she's given us a good show. The whale breached and breached again, making circles around the boat. People snapped pictures and again, McDinton was masturbating. Lauren and I kissed. I'm loving this. Me too. Me too. After a few minutes, McDinton walked out from behind the wheel and approached the crowd. His pants were still unzipped. This little missy is named Georgia. Her whole life was spent in tanks. When she finally escaped into the lake, the aquarium decided to let her be. He was also a bit of a scoundrel, would never catch her. So here she is. Take plenty of pictures, but damn well sure I'm in them. I want to be what the kids say. Internet famous. Lauren was snapping a few photos with her phone, and suddenly the whale jumped up and made a huge splash. Water washed over us. It was so forceful I fell down. 
Lauren turned around, and as she helped me up, we once again locked eyes, and that's when I realized I was still madly in love with her. Okay, okay. Gather around, you hooligans. If you bought the premiere tickets, you get to have some salt to throw in the whale. McDinton passed around full salt shakers to several of the passengers. Lauren and I grabbed ours. Oh, wow. Glass. Okay. Now go ahead. Throw the salt at her. You mean dump some on her? No. Peg that beast. You mean throw the salt shaker at the whale? It's good for her. I don't know. Do it, everyone. Do it now. But it's glass. Peg her! McDinton stomped his peg leg and shook his fist violently. Many of the tourists threw the salt shakers at the whale, but Lauren and I slid ours into our pockets. It just doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. Yes, yes. Peg her. Peg her! The tour finished around 10.30. As we were walking to Lauren's car, we held hands. A tight grasp. The wind was picking up and both of us shivered. We were still soaked from the tour. James, I've thought about it and I... I don't want you to help. We stopped walking. Help? With the case. Why do you say that? It's... Well, I'm realizing now that I'm falling madly in love with you all over again. I couldn't bear to put you through something like this. It isn't your job. Smush is my worry. Maybe I'm being crazy and maybe you don't feel the same way. No, no, I do. You came back into my life and at first I didn't know how to handle it, but now I can honestly say that I'm falling in love with you too. Seeing you, being with you, sparking all these past emotions. I'm realizing how much I've missed you. So no more she-devil? Well, I may still say it in front of my friends, just to appear cool. Fine. She started to walk, but I pulled her back. Wait. What? I will help you. I'll help you take down Smush. That's not your case. It'll become my case. Are you sure? I want to help. She smiled. We kissed. I missed you. I missed you too. We kissed again. This time, longer. It was magical. Not rabbit and hat magical, but definitely a close second. We continued to kiss as a light snow began to fall. It was romantic as fuck. Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Isa Yazdezade, starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy LeRae as Edith, James Sweezy as Paul, Brian Messick as Arthur, Robert M. Lamb as Joey, Corey Pettit as Lauren, Aiden Diamond as Simon, Contendo as Byman, Mike Lenhart as Curator, Brett Wilkins as Donald, and Mallory Presley as Bethany. Co-starring Mitchell Beck, 
Evelyn, Seth York, Crystal Hall, James Brown, Cody Meadows, Lewis Ferrant, Caitlin Spring, Dennis Caldwell, Amber Simpson, Sean Sullivan, Hope Ennis, Melanie Kissel, and Luke Hurt. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7 Podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Podcasts. Startled awake. What the hell was that noise? What is that? I thought I was dreaming, but no, there was something outside. I sat up and rubbed my eyes. I had no idea what time it was, but it was still very dark outside. My eyes wouldn't adjust. Something large was moving through the forest. What could it be? I got up and looked out the window. In the distance, I could barely make out trees swaying wildly. Whatever it was, it was moving slowly, heading east. That wasn't a bear or a moose. That couldn't be an animal. It was too big. The trees continued to shake. Shit! Was it a bulldozer or something? No, Mike. Who the hell would be bulldozing the forest in the middle of the night? I checked the time. It was 4 a.m. Jesus. Whatever it was, it was moving away. I continued to rub my eyes. These pills made it hard for me to keep them open. Eventually, the crashing in the woods stopped. What the hell was that? This has been a Seven Lamb Production.